Welcome, Pewter Report readers and listeners, to another edition of the Pewter Report Podcast, a Victory Monday edition of the Pewter Report Podcast, energized by Celsius. I am John Ledyard from PewterReport.com. Along with me today, you know him as the voiceless wonder, but his voice is returning, (laughs) (laughs) as are the wisdom of his takes. Ladies and gentlemen, Scott, (laughs) you took your face away. Scott Reynolds, back That's in the me. house. That's me, yes. Voice is still not at 100%, but it's getting there. So July is uh, was better than June. August better than July. So we're we're trending the right way, trying to be ready by opening day. Right. right. That's that's what we want. So absolutely, that's yeah. what we want. That's what the Bucks want to be is ready by yeah. opening day. But uh, don't know if they would if Bruce Arians oh, would say man. that their offense is there just yet. Scott, he was. <laughs> Quite uh, scathing in his report on today's yeah. practice. I was unexpectedly so, as a matter of fact, and we'll get into that today. We'll get into the brilliance of the signing of Giovanni Bernard. I can't get over some of Jason Light's moves. I am stuck yeah. on praise for some of his moves because they are just quietly brilliant. The Brady thing's easy. The other stuff that he's yes. done to supplement this group is remarkable. The defense is buzzing right now. We'll talk about how brilliant they've been. You've got observations from today's O-line, D-line, one-on-ones that I can't wait to get to. I also talk about some players that I think have been really disappointing so far and they need to step up, including some names that you're going to know. Not just the D. Delaney's and the – no disrespect, D. Delaney, I'm sorry. But not just those guys. But (laughs) Sorry, not just the Cameron Kidleys, but uh, some of the other more prominent names that they need to – really step up and help themselves here over the rest of the preseason and training camp. But first, Celsius, title sponsor of the Pewter Report podcast. Active lives are powered every day by Celsius and the energy that comes from these amazing tasty beverages that also have no sugar, Scott. Uh, I don't know if you knew that. And I yeah. did you know that they accelerate metabolism? That they burn that. body yes. fat? Yes, I, I knew that too. Well, you're a Celsius expert and everybody out there should be a Celsius expert as well by clicking on the ad, the the store locators. When you're on Celsius's website, go to those and make sure you check those out and see where you can find Celsius near you you, or click on those banner ads at peterreport.com. Order yourself a little bit of Celsius. You can find them on Amazon as well. A great way to get yourself some Celsius. They are. I, I, I didn't have a Celsius today, but you know what I did have? I did have a fast protein bar. I had a fast protein bar as well. Yeah. I was actually just about to I, mention that. I, I had that, and um, I I don't have any more. Uh, I'm literally out of the last one today. So I don't even have like the wrapper to show you guys. But the cool thing is, is right now on um, on Amazon they have a special offer, and of course Celsius produces fast uh, fast energy bars, mm-hmm. and they have a, a special offer right now where you can save twenty percent um, off of your purchase. So if you go to Amazon and you want to order some fast protein bars, they're 20% off on Amazon, and you want to, uh, to use the promo code 20FASTNOW, 20FASTNOW to save 20%. I just bought two boxes. I bought one box of the salted caramel peanut crunch, the other box with the white chocolate cookies and cream. John, it's a great back-to-school treat for the kids. Uh, it's great energy. They taste awesome. And they don't upset my stomach. So I, I'm yeah. a huge believer in not just Celsius, but the fast bars. Yeah, for sure. The fast bar today was sustenance that I greatly needed after that practice and intense heat. And they taste amazing. Cookies and cream. Yes. So good. So yeah. definitely make sure you check that out. There's the promo code for you. 20 fast now. Go check that out over on Amazon. As always, Celsius moving the needle, doing good stuff. 
I guess the Bucks' offense wasn't moving the needle or doing good stuff <laughs> no. in the eyes of Bruce Arians today, Scott, no. because he was a messing around after practice. He said, yeah, probably a great defensive practice, blah, blah, blah. Worst def- offensive practice we've had in three years. In Tampa. You know what? It, it's, it's interesting, right? Because I, I didn't think the defense was as dominant as Bruce said it was. Now, listen, mm-hmm. he's the head coach. I'm going to defer to him. But I just thought it was more about the offense screwing up than it was the defense forcing the action. Now, where they were dominant, John, was in run defense. I mean, uh, at times, the starting unit oh, yeah. especially, we noticed Will Golston, Vita Vea just completely clogging the middle. Will Golston had a tremendous practice today. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, the linebackers were flying all over the field. Uh, gosh, on the, there was even a, a running play when the Buccaneers were, were running. They were working on running out of their own end zone, right? So, like, remember mm-hmm. the 98-yard touchdown run by Ronald Jones last year against yeah. Carolina? Uh, well, they tried to have shades of that again, but um, even Mike uh, Edwards took exception to that and actually tackled Rojo at about the 20-yard line. He's like, you're not getting a 98-yard touchdown on my watch. And this was a really a And this was after Rojo's hit a spin move on Antoine Winfield that had him clutching air, by the way. Yes, yes, Rojo exactly. had a nasty spin move. He did. So, so good for Rojo. But mm-hmm. um, And this was not supposed to be a tackling period, but Mike Edwards said, I'll be damned if you're going to go 98 yards on me. So he actually uh, lightly tackled Rojo yeah. uh, at around the 20-yard line. But uh, it just was that kind of day. Mike Edwards had an interception, uh, really read the eyes of, of Blaine Gabbert, might have even kind of um, – manipulated uh, you know that that throw a little bit and came away with the big interception today sean murphy bunting had a nice pass breakup down the mm-hmm. field um the, the bucks defense was solid today but yeah. i think i think they were dominant almost by default because of just so many uh, errors on the offense um bad reads by the quarterbacks uh, dropped passes by tight ends mm-hmm. running backs and receivers just was not a crisp day at all and, and mm-hmm. this is the one thing too i was thinking it and bruce arian said it today his, his press conference, it seems like after every off day, the offense has a crap day. Yeah. And, and that's that's been the case now for, I think, three consecutive practices after mm-hmm. off days. This has happened. So, yeah. Yeah, it's been a, it's a concern for sure. It's something to think about. I mean, again, I a lot of this is like Bendix said it here. It's a lot of it is drops. I mean, it, yeah. it was a good defensive showing for sure. The run game has been an issue, but again, in practice, I have no idea how much credence to put into that. I don't know when, you know, they have sprung some big runs, but I yeah. just don't know. I have, I don't know what I'm watching until we get in a game setting for the run right. game. It becomes really hard for me. So I definitely did not watch practice and think, wow, this is like an atrocious offensive practice. Yeah. It wasn't as crisp as some of the other ones I've seen, but most of it was drops. I thought schematically they still did some right. good things. I saw a couple mental mistakes. I'm sure Bruce obviously, yeah. Sees way more than that. By the and way, John, Jacob. John, hold on one second. Do you think that Bruce came out and maybe over-exaggerated this to drive the point home to the offense about these sloppy days after days off? I mean, because I, I didn't think it was that bad, right? I didn't yeah. think the defense was that dominant. I didn't think the offense was that bad. But maybe he's blowing his top about this mm-hmm. to just send a message through the media to the players. What do you think about that? Yeah, Jacob, by the way, you ask uh, YouTube sending you notification that we all are on. I see you made this comment about five minutes ago, and we've only been on about seven minutes. So I think they told you when we were live. That's all. But we haven't been on that long. So thanks for tuning into the podcast, as always. Yeah, it's possible, Scott, that he is sending a message there. I'm honestly not. I mean, I think he's obviously frustrated. Bruce doesn't do a good job of playing games. Like he's probably frustrated too about some things that maybe some things you and I didn't notice. It was interesting today because. 
Brady probably got the least amount of first, the least amount of reps that I've seen during a practice, which he has participated in. So Blaine Gabbert got a lot of first team reps that I hadn't, that he hadn't got been getting, but I really didn't think Blaine Gabbert was a huge problem today. I didn't think any of the quarterbacks Trask was solid today. Honestly, it was one of his better days. This was thought, way more. Ryan Griffin on, looked pretty good. Ryan Griffin yeah, got more reps today than I'd seen him get in some time. Yeah, so I mean, it wasn't really on the quarterbacks. It was kind of on the skill position guys, in my opinion. I mean, Jalen Darden had a drop. Tyler Johnson had an egregious drop. Mike Evans had a drop. Uh, Cody uh, Fournette had, had a drop. Cody McElroy yeah. had a couple drops. Gronk dropped one on air. OJ Howard's dropped several. We'll talk more about him yeah. in a little bit. Um, it was just very sloppy from that perspective. There were some mental mistakes in protection. I don't know who they were on. I could not see that from our angles. I just saw non-blitz situations, guys coming in free and and clean, and it was not – that's definitely not ideal, and I'm sure a lot of his frustration was on things like that, that they couldn't execute cleanly. There was a big pass play to Antonio Brown, and on the play, Brady threw it, and it was a great throw and connection and everything, but Elijah Ponder was totally unblocked, and so he just came up and stood there basically next to Brady while Brady had kind of stepped in and threw this ball – but I'm sure that was like not – I mean, one of your down linemen shouldn't be unblocked in those situations. Right. So, yeah, definitely a mistake but there. But at the and same time, that, Antonio Brown made, made the most of it. Um, he did, he, yeah. And, and He beat Kenley in coverage. and then, Well, it continues to be A.B. looking like the yes. best receiver at camp for the Bucs. I mean, that's yeah. – and you say this as somebody who kind of had some doubts about him after last year. Yeah, and the thing is, is if you go back and look at, at Antonio Brown and what he was able to do um, – you saw him really come on at the end of, of the regular season, right? I mean, he averaged 18 point yards or 18.6 yards per catch, had his first touchdown against the, the Falcons in Atlanta in that 17 point comeback that they won 31 27. Mm-hmm. And then had a, a touchdown. I think he only played the first half, right? I mean, the starters only played the first half really against the Lions the, Lions the next week. But he had a touchdown there. Then, then he when, went off against he the went off. Yeah. 11 catches, 138 yards, two touchdowns, really playing the, the uh, increased role with Mike Evans um, departing midway through the first quarter of that game. And then all, all was fine against the, the Washington football team, scored a touchdown in that game. Then you saw the knee started to kind of you know wear and tear on him a little bit. Didn't play in the second half of the Saints game. And uh, and then missed the, the the Packers game before scoring a big touchdown in the Super Bowl, but Bruce Arians today, John talked about how Antonio Brown looks as good as as healthy as as he has in years, mm-hmm. uh, because he got that that knee procedure done, and um, and I, I agree. Big. Whenever he's whenever he's on the field, um, I mean he, he's he's exciting. I would expect his his ten point seven yards per catch average. Mm-hmm last year with Tampa Bay to increase to 12 to 14 this year. I think he's yeah, going to yeah. be involved in, in more big plays down the field. But but as you and I were talking during practice today, John, a, a lot of what the Bucks wanted him to do were, was was the quick game stuff, the quick outs, the curls, mm-hmm. the comebacks, the wide receiver screens, the bubble screens, those types of things, the smoke routes, to get the ball in his hands, use his initial quickness to pick up first downs. Right. And, and I, I think that his offensive role is going to expand. We've seen him get targeted deeper down the field. Uh, and I think that's a sign of, of things to come this year. For sure. I think that Antonio Brown's role will keep evolving and keep growing just as he gets healthier, obviously, but also as he knows more about the offense. I think that was really the biggest holdup there with him. You know, Mark Fisher asked an interesting question here. Do you think Brady's 
talked with the top three receivers to keep unity up and bickering out between them. I don't really know that he needs to right now, yeah. to be honest. I mean, AB would be the one that you would wonder about based on, you know, kind of the way he responded when Juju was breaking out in Pittsburgh and there wasn't always the most mature responses yeah. from him. But there's also a lot of other things going on with AB at that point in time that I think influenced a lot of that. I think he's genuinely not going to be an issue in the locker room. Could there be stuff right. outside of that? I have no idea. We'll just have to see. But in the locker room, I, yeah, it's just such a strong group. I don't think that there will be any issues there. So probably no need to have those conversations just yet. I think that Antonio Brown has been clearly the best Bucks receiver in practice without taking anything away from the fact that Mike Evans has been good. Yeah. Uh, even if today wasn't necessarily his best day, Chris Godwin has been good, if not a little bit quiet recently. Yeah. I think in some of the team periods, it is very hard when there's this many good players and the starters are getting right. less reps than the younger guys. So you have to kind of make the most of your opportunities. Yeah, it's really interesting, John, because that slot position that Chris Godwin plays, this the Larry Fitzgerald position in Bruce Arians offense, it's it's really the straw that stirs the drink, right? Mm. It's it's really the the big time receiver role because Bruce Arians likes to attack the middle of the field, uh, especially vertically, right? That's why you see Gronk and the tight ends get their play down the middle of the field. The slot receiver does the same. Because generally speaking, and this is Arian's thought process, this is the, the reasoning behind why his offense is featured around that slot receiver, it's because usually the nickel corner is not your best corner, right? Usually right. your stud Pro Bowl corner, think Jalen Ramsey, Stephon mm -hmm. Gilmore, whatever, they're the outside corners, and they're going to be tying up the likes of, of Mike Evans. Mm -hmm. And so what you see is you see a nickel corner, you see a linebacker, Right? You see a, a safety down the middle of the field against that slot receiver. And I just wonder if Chris Godwin has not been targeted an awful lot because that is kind of the bread and butter of this mm. offense. And he does it so well. You saw him have a breakout Pro Bowl season two years ago when he was healthier mm. than he was last year. But I just wonder if they're just trying new things, different things in camp because that is their staple, their bread and butter. So I'm not yeah. that concerned that Godwin hasn't really been the star of camp or hasn't really flashed. I think that's coming. I just think I, I almost right. think that's a given, John. What do you think? Oh, it's a given. It's absolutely a given. And today he caught one, I mean, over the middle, gabbered through behind him. He's wide open and he just kind of deftly swiveled around and, and caught it and then swiveled back around and kept running. Uh, yeah. it, was, it was one of those kind of like, again, like, I don't know if you'll see it on Sports Center, but it was a great play, like subtle thing. And that's what Godwin yep. does. He just does. He's just so consistent. I mean, I haven't yep. seen Godwin drop anything in practices like AB. Both of those guys are just very, very consistent. Right. Hardly ever any drops, hardly ever any bad body language, hardly any, like nothing. They're just, right. they're always up. They're always energized. They're always engaged. Team um, first. Yeah, exactly right. And so those guys are uh, definitely uh, model that kind of part of it for the receivers. But yeah, I mean, the running back room is really where I'd like to get your thoughts on Scott, because here's the deal. Everybody knows how I feel about Leonard Fournette. Thanks to the Leonard segments last year and talked a little bit about him so far. And I just think, I think he's having a really bad camp. I think Rojo has looked much better uh, in all phases. I think Rojo has caught the ball as well as I've ever seen him catch the ball in this year's training camp. Not that he's ever going to be Giovanni Bernard, but he's right. caught the ball better than Fournette. No question. In my opinion, You've seen more practices or you saw the week first week that yeah. I didn't miss. And so what I mean, you don't have this kind of people think I have a built in bias against Leonard. I don't. I just right. like good football players. And so I don't and I don't think he fits that bill as often as he should. I just what are your thoughts? Unbiased and, and apart from my own thoughts, let yeah. people hear from you to see if we're on the same page with this. 
I think we are really, even during the individual periods, John, you and I had a conversation I'll share with, with everybody here. I, I walked up to you just kind of unprompted and I said, you know, the thing about Leonard Fournette is, is he's got all this great God-given ability, right? I mean, he, the talent is, is there. It's unquestionable, right? He was a, a highly sought after high school recruit. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he was, was uh, I guess, in the Heisman Trophy mix. He was a top five pick after his days at LSU. They built an offense around him in Jacksonville. It just seems like, though, when you look at guys like Mike Evans, you look at guys, even Antonio Brown, who's a self-made man, right? Six-round pick out of Central Michigan. We are talking about him today. You look at Tom Brady, right? Those are guys that have completely maxed out their bodies, their careers, their, their football IQ. They look for every advantage that they could get um, because maybe they're not the most talented. Now, I think Mike Evans, out of the three, probably is the most physically talented. I mean, the guy, you know, is he's, he's a bit of a, of a freak with his size, leaping ability, hand-eye coordination to be able to, to catch those 50-50 mm-hmm. balls. But with Leonard, I think because he has so much talent, he just is not maxing out that talent. And, and I think that he could be better than, than he is or ever will be because I just don't see him um, going that, that extra mile and having the commitment to his own game um, that, that some of those guys I just mentioned do. And I think that's the separator between a great player like a Brady, an A.B., a Mike Evans, mm-hmm. and even a Chris Godwin. Um, and, and a really good player like Leonard Fournette. Right. I, I just, it's hard. It's getting harder for me to figure out. And I think the, you know, you tell me what you think. I I've noticed the last two practices I've been at Friday and, and, and Monday uh, today where I just thought it was clear. Rojo's getting more opportunities. Giovanni Bernard's getting a ton of opportunities, largely because situational football is what they work on. He's a lot of crucial situational football. He's going to be in on. So he needs those reps, but the red zone and third downs and things like that. But I mean, Rojo is clearly the better runner. Rojo is yeah. Leonard Fournette is it more, more drops me, than anyone in camp. Yeah, it seems to me there's there's a greater sense of urgency, certainly with Giovanni Bernard. Everything he does has a sense of oh, urgency yeah. about it. Whether it's a, a run on a draw play, a catch and run on a screen pass, we saw a beautiful catch and run down the sidelines. I mean, he was screen turning pass, the yep. Jets on, you know. Yep. And um, uh, whether it's pass protection, there's a sense of urgency there, of a veteran professionalism with Giovanni Bernard that is just going to make him the third down back, no question. Mm-hmm. And you have to wonder, is he going to see time maybe on first or second down? You know. Yeah. Um, but and then you see that sense of urgency with the way Ronald Jones runs the ball, and uh, you know he hits the hole hard with acceleration. I think I think oh, he, he all can, yeah he always yes. plays hard, Ronald Jones. He does so smart. But, Execution-wise, that's a question sometimes, but hard, you, no question. You just don't see the consistency. You don't see the, the sense of urgency from from Leonard Fournette's game. There's a little bit of complacency, a little bit. I, I don't – I'm going to say the word lackadaisical, but that's, that's probably a little too harsh because I'm not calling him lazy or lackadaisical. It's mm-hmm. just that that he drops passes he should catch, you know, yeah. and, and you just don't see that with, with the regularity from a Giovanni Bernard. Mm-hmm. who is to me is just like a complete professional um, maximizing every ounce of, of ability that he has. And, yeah. and I just, yeah. I'd love to see that from Fournette because I think he could take his game to the next level, but I just don't know that he is going to do that. The hardest thing to, re- to reconcile with Fournette, in my opinion, is the fact that he doesn't run that hard. Like 
Right. And not that he doesn't run physical. I don't mean that he runs soft. I just mean he is not a big tackle breaker. He just right. is it's not. It's not. It's, yeah. It's, he, yeah. Like Rojo runs way harder than Leonard Fournette does. And that's yeah. hard for people to understand because right. of Fournette's size and his reputation. But it's just and, never and really what, been true with him. There are some plays like there was a delay today. There was like a, you know, there, there was a, a delay run mm-hmm. where he got the ball and took off like mm-hmm. a, he was shot out of a yep. cannon. I remember thinking to myself, like, do that every time. Do yep. that every time, you know. Yeah. It's and, nice um, when there's the defined space for him on the delays. And right. it's not like Leonard Fournette is a useless player. And the Bucs are paying him very little, you know, comparatively to how most people, I mean, he's a top five pick. So former top five pick. So, you know, you he's paying it. They're paying him jump yeah. change, considering his reputation and everything. So it's not like they it's a mistake to bring him back or anything. I just, I just don't like when you watch practice today. Ronald Jones is making impact plays in the run game. You can see yeah. it. The burst is there. He, he hits the spin move on Winfield. I mean, yeah. he, you know, he does things like that, and it's like, all right, Giovanni Bernard is catching the football very well. He's making right. plays after the catch. He caught a touchdown in the red zone, seven on seven. They're lining him up wide. They're running him on slants. Like they're doing things with him they would never do with Leonard Fournette right. or Ronald Jones. In pass protection, Giovanni Bernard picks up a Devin White blitz and then picks up another one a few plays later. Like right. just stuff that is just great stuff. That's yeah. what you need for your running backs. That's, That's where right. value is found with the running back position, doing those kind of things. Fournette just doesn't really do those kinds of things. And so I think it just leaves the door open for the other two guys to just right. – become a and, tandem backfield. Yeah, and Keyshawn Vaughn, to, to Mike's question here, Keyshawn Vaughn is is at a really good camp. It's just he's kind of buried behind these veterans right now, but he has really improved his his game. You're he seeing looks, a greater – solid as a pass catcher, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you're seeing a sense of urgency from him catching the ball, mm-hmm. from him you know, just hitting the gas and just accelerating on his runs. He had a good blitz um, pickup today as well. Yeah. We need to see him in preseason. We've seen so yes. little of him live. There's going to be a lot of him, and, right. and it's going to be exciting to watch because oh, yeah. he, he didn't have that preseason last year, and I think I think that caused some of the jitters that you saw, the drops, the fumbles. You know, I mean, he's, he's going – um, full speed, you know, at, at, at the NFL speed, um, you know, level right off the bat with, with no introduction, like yeah. you get in, in the preseason, because right. the, the mistakes you make in the preseason are not fatal, right? Uh, you, mm-hmm. They're, they're expected from rookies, but the problem is, is, is those rookie mistakes aren't tolerated in the regular season because that's yeah. when the games matter. And, you know, and so if if you if you fumble, if you drop the ball, like you lose the trust in the coaches. We saw that last year with with mm-hmm. Keyshawn Vaughn, his role was 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 vanishing as the season went on. Yeah, it's it's going to be one of those things with Keyshawn Vaughn where the preseason is going to determine like everything. Yes, for special teams, for running the ball. If he goes off in every preseason game, if he gets ample opportunity and goes off in every preseason game. We're going to be having another conversation at the end of the month, Scott. We're going to be having a conversation around yeah. what's the value of trading Leonard Fournette. That's if he goes off. If Keyshawn right. Vaughn's going off and making plays, you'll pass block and catching the ball, yeah. running the ball, even against third stringers. I don't care. Like if you're producing, right. you're producing. You know what I mean? And you you can play special teams too. Oh, all right. Let's, you know, because yeah. even Troy Main Pope's had a good camp, Scott. Like I said this to you today. <laughs> yeah. I, I feel great about Troy Main Pope on the practice squad. If he's your yeah. emergency, you'll break glass in case of emergency running back. Right. I'm pumped about that. He's some burst. He can catch the football. He's not afraid to stick his face in the fan and pass protection. Yeah. He's played special teams. That's a great fifth back to have on your roster. So I think the Bucks are fine at the running back position. Leonard Fournette, I don't know if there's even interest in him around the league based on his free agency. Yeah. Probably very you little. Like, you're not going to trade him. But I, I don't think Jason Light's going to be inclined to trade anybody this right. year. Unless Keyshawn Vaughn goes for like, 
three hundred in the in the preseason. Yeah, right? something like something like that, right? <laughs> well, where see. where that would cause like a Leonard Fournette to be disgruntled, right? If if he really saw his if he lost his, reps, yeah, yeah, if he lost reps and got disgruntled, then then I think you know that would be an instance where where Jason Light might make a trade, but he's not going to make a trade just to get future draft picks because he's been so good at drafting players, especially day three guys, right? I mean, Scotty Miller, Tyler Johnson, Kilo Davis, who had a really good day on -on one-on-ones in in the pass rush, um, uh, pass protection one-on-ones. So huge. Yeah. Um, We'll talk about that in a second. I don't want to get off track. Yeah. yeah. So so to me, though, I I don't think because if you go back and look, Steve McClendon, right? Uh, Aaron Stinney, uh, Antonio Brown, the, the Bucks won last year because of their depth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Cameron Bray, you know, stepping up. Tyler um, Johnson. Tyler <laughs> Making John, a yeah, huge exactly. third down catch against the Saints. Exactly. So, I mean, I, I don't see with this team in the Super Bowl hunt, uh, realistically, again, for a second year in a row, mm-hmm. I don't see Jason Lyon trading any depth for, you know, a fourth-round pick next year, a fifth-round pick. Um, because they got a formula going on. They're hitting on their draft picks. If if you if you don't have depth, then you want to accumulate those picks. But right now, the depth, having those veteran guys that know the scheme, offense and defensively, will serve this team well in its quest for a repeat. Cam Brait has been activated off the pup list. We should have probably yep. led with that because Cam's the man, uh, and we're very, very happy about yes. that for him and for the team, obviously. Uh, my, Matthew Sam says we are so deep in terms of the Bucks. It is a little bit absurd. Cam Brait's not yeah. even been out there, and we just haven't even had time to talk about that because there's a million other people to talk about. And now they're at pretty much full strength. They need Robert Hainsey. has missed some practices. Yeah. I don't think that's serious. I, well, who I, else is there? Cyril Grayson. Yeah, I know he's, Grayson. A key call. he's a key cog. He's not a key cog. No, that's blasphemy, <laughs> John. You know that. Um, but uh, I will say that I, I think Robert Hainsey, and I don't know this, um, I'm just guessing, but but I, I want to say it's probably a groin injury because he's been out for so long. Yep. Usually it's one of two things it's either a groin with, with the offensive lineman, groin or a back. Yep. <clears throat> and if it's a back injury, Usually they don't want you standing around on the sidelines mm. because that's just not good on your back. So I think it's a groin, and I wouldn't be surprised wow. if it was because he's making the switch from right tackle to to center, and that's just that's a completely different stance. This so, is a very detailed. So you think so? His groin got hurt because of the position switch. You think? Oh well, I did. Uh, possibly, yeah. I mean, uh, would be the first guy whose groin got hurt. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that—that's a common injury for offensive linemen. Is you know is is a, a groin pull, right? So, so it, well, he's been doing pass sets on air by himself on the side, yeah, on occasion. So, and and I, I could be wrong. It just I'm I'm guessing yeah. because he's been out this long, right? Um, and and if he was doing pass sets, like I don't think it would be a calf injury, something like that. Mm-hmm. And it could be, be, yeah, right, yeah, right. There could be, yeah, Lee or leg or an ankle. Could be an upper yeah. body. I don't know. We don't. Yeah. Know. Anyway, Hansey's hurt. Uh, we don't know when he'll be back. Maybe for the first preseason game. We'll see. Tomorrow's probably a big day for him if he's going to play in that game, I would say. I, I would agree, yes. He's got to be yeah. back. But Cam Gill returned today to practice, which was good. Big yeah, action for Gill. him. And Lynn he made Gill. a tackle for loss. He and Quentin Bell both returned. And yeah. both made a tackle for loss together in the backfield. 
um, and run in the with the third team defense. Both those guys. The, the Bucks running game just got nowhere today. You know, I mean, he, he, other than he, that Geo run, that, right. or the uh, Bernard or Jones run that you yeah. mentioned, the spin and, move. and and even even you said it. It's like Devin White. You you, you know we're talking like during reps. <laughs> It's like Devin White goes up and he's calling out the run. He's like, it's ridiculous. You know, it, it, it is. These guys practice against each other so much. So yeah, that's right. It, it's like you can tell by what down a distance they're practicing, what what the personnel grouping is, what the formation is. Devin White's calling out like what the run play is, and it's like he's literally at the snap of the ball. He and Will Golston, all the yeah. veterans, are just like just converging. It's just not. Oh, even I mean, I think Devin White's been on almost every tackle and run defense like yeah. that they've had every good play. I mean, like yes. he's just constantly and Levante too. But yes. they're running more to Devin White's side. I feel like right. this time in. I just he's just been on everyone. I'm just like, come on. I mean, he's good for sure, but like this is yeah. getting absurd. Like it feels like they kind of know what they're up. And the Bucks run scheme has never been super diverse and a lot yeah, of yeah. It's, it's not gonna anyway. catch teams by surprise. That's right. But it's, the past game different story, and, and that's right. where I think they'll make their money. But yeah, it was I think it's it's not what I'm what I'm saying here is that I don't know that it's a strong indication of how bad like the Bucks run game is bad because they haven't had a lot of practice success I, right. i'm just not ready to say it i'm not saying they're good yeah. i'm just not ready to say uh that they're bad at that point yeah in time. long last laser like i said i don't think there's going to be any trades of, of any players this year because they need depth and mm-hmm. you saw some some players last year i mean look at ronald jones he was the almost a thousand yard rusher but it was leonard fournette who was the running back in the postseason mm-hmm. it, it's not going to help their their chances of getting a super bowl repeat victory by acquiring a fifth round pick next year that's that's not the goal this is not a team that's building for the future this is a team that wants to win another championship right now and then see what they can do about repeating in 2022 that's what this is all about right now it's winning a super bowl it's not about future picks so i don't see them in the trade any player right now and the the biggest distinguishment if you leave they actually pull that can you pull that comment back up just real quick from long lost glazer but the, here's the big reason why I think Scott's exactly right. Outside of what he's talking about, how important depth is, one of the biggest misconceptions out there is what you can get for players in the NFL. It's not like the NBA and some of these other leagues where you can trade like <laughs> anybody for a first or second. Like, for example, just using the premise that Long Lost Glazier said here, Leonard Fournette is never getting back a fourth-round pick in compensation. Right. Like, he had no interest in free agency. There's only, like, two teams that would even trade for him. Right. You're getting a sixth back for Leonard Fournette. Probably yeah. if you trade them. So you have to weigh that against, okay, sixth in the NFL. Well, in the NBA, there's only first and second. So, like, that's like a late second in the NBA, right? Like, right. that's the co- co- comparison. Like, yeah. is that worth it? What percentage of time does it got? You know, if you needed Leonard Fournette to start in the playoffs, obviously just prove that he can be fine in this offense doing that. So you're not going to trade him because you're not getting that value back for him. Jordan Whitehead is good. I think he's good. I think he's a good starting safety. Yeah. You're not getting a third for him. Like the guys that get traded uh, once the season starts and right. you get a third back for are like surefire difference maker start. Sure. I mean, he's one year left on his contract. Whitehead. Yeah. So if you trade him right. before the deadline, right. And, and, and John's paying a third for half a season of Whitehead. Yeah. It's just yeah. not the, happening. The, he's not the, that, that, that alone would, would really prevent the team from trading. Whitehead right. Because yeah, exactly. Because just, if, if you're a team that acquires him, then you, you have to commit to a contract. Otherwise you, you just burn a pick for half right. a year. It's different if you're a team that isn't going to win and you yep. want to trade somebody, you can, you can get five or six fifth and sixth round picks, and then you use those to move up and you're rebuilding your team. The Bucs aren't in that position, so to them right. there's really no value in trading people. I don't think we'll see. The only tra- trade scenario we would see is a disgruntled Lenny, right. something which, by the way, might be – disgruntled Lenny might be a thing. 
let's just wait and see. But if push comes hopefully to shove, training right. camp, Lenny, disgruntled. Yeah, hopefully it's not a thing. But if yeah. Keyshawn Bond balls out and then it's disgruntled, Lenny, that might be a situation where I could get behind disgruntled Lenny because yeah. I would be very here for right. Keyshawn Vaughn, who's the only running back that's here beyond the season. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Being, I mean, being if you good. think about it, Ronald Jones, Leonard Fournette, Giovanni Bernard, all three of those running backs are in are, mm. are in their final year of the contract. I mean, and do I think it's very early? Do I think it's likely that Giovanni Bernard will have enough love from the Bucks to, and he'll love the fit enough to want to come back after this season? Yes. I think that's a decent chance. I, yes. I would agree. Yeah. Because it's going to be competitive offers. You know, the, all the offers are going to be part time running right. back type offers for him, unless he has a thousand yards or something. The yep. Bucks can compete with that. So, anyway, we're getting ahead of ourselves there. But uh, speaking of getting ahead of ourselves, let's talk about underdog fantasy because the season's not here yet, Scott, but fantasy football is well underway. And we are very excited about our partnership with underdog fantasy. Yes, on Friday, I went on the podcast and I said, if you want to play in a fantasy, in a best ball fantasy football league with me with underdog, Go to underdogfantasy.com and use the promo code Pewter, P-E-W-T-E-R, sign up, get the $25 in credit, and join this league, and I'll send you the link for it. You can email me to join this league. But we filled that league very quickly. It was awesome. Filled that league, had a draft. It's great stuff. I'm going to win. Can't wait. No, I'm kidding. Some of the key fans are some of the key fans of the Pewter Report podcast are in that league. Then I got a bunch more requests, and so we're starting another league. So if you want to be in on this, Hit me up. We're starting another league. We've got a couple spots left, I think, maybe two or three. Trying to remember. But uh, the promo code is Pewter, P-E-W-T-E-R, to get that $25 in credit. Just make an underdog fantasy account. Takes like five seconds. Enter that promo code. You get the credit uh, that you you need to be able to play, and and you can put in a little bit of your own money. There's all kinds of stuff. There's prop bets on there. All kinds of stuff. It's great stuff in underdog fantasy. The fantasy drafts, the layout is super clean, super awesome. So, let me know. Email me, John, J-O-N, at pewterreport.com, J-O-N, at pewterreport.com. Send me an email. Say, yeah, I want to be in this underdog fantasy league. Absolutely, I want to take money from you. It's a $3 <laughs> thing to enter. That's all that it is, and it's a six-person league. So we're talking about it's it's just very cheap and easy to get in here. We might do a higher-paid one. You know, like Maybe we'll do like a $10 entry or something at some point if people have interest. If you have interest in that, hit me up. Let me know. Also, John, J-O-N, at pewterreport.com. But let me know. Let's get you in this fantasy league. Yeah, let's, let's win some let's money with underdog fantasy. For $10. Let's, let's do a lot of See, right. now you're talking my language, right? The $3, I'm like, eh, $10, yeah, bucks, all right. right. Yeah. You got to put in enough that you feel like you yeah. got something out of it. Yeah. I hear you. I hear you. You want to go to Burns. Or wait, where are you going? Capital Grill. No, where are you going if you get this? Burns. Burns. You, oh, Burns. Yeah. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> I don't know yet. I'm the newbie in town, so I don't know where this spot is yet. <laughs> Yeah, I know that probably good. that's probably going to start a discussion. The Burns, Capital Grill, Charlie's. What are we doing? <laughs> the Charlie's, right? Yeah, now we're talking. No, Charlie's. Yeah, no question. Charlie's I've been good. there. Yeah, I've been there. And I've been I took you to Grill. Charlie's. Yeah, Charlie's. Yeah, Charlie's is great. Yeah. yeah, Charlie's. That's where the Peter Report staff had their uh, was it Christmas dinner, end of season dinner, Super Bowl yeah, winning yeah. dinner. I don't know what you want to call it. Yeah, <laughs> but it was a great time for sure. Um, no, I think that this running back situation has been. It's fascinating to watch unfold, Scott, but at the end of the day, I think logic is – I'm trusting and praying logic is going to win out, and I just won't be surprised if we see Giovanni Bernard get way more snaps than a lot of these fantasy football yeah. people are predicting. I know I've said that for a while. I watch practices, and I continue to feel that way. I think that, right. that he is a better running back running the ball than people give him credit for. So right. I think that there's the possibility of him. Any word on Donovan Smith? Yeah. Yes, Donovan Smith was back, back today. today. Yep, back to practice today. Missed two practices for personal reasons. 
Don't know the story there, but he was back today. Looked good. Uh, oh, well, one-on-ones. Tell us about one-on-ones, Scott. Okay. You watched O-line, D-line, one-on-ones. I, I heard Donovan Smith did take an L in one-on-ones to Jason Pierre-Paul. Well, he did. Yeah, he um, he he held his own against Cam Gill, which is no surprise, right? I mean, he should. Better. Um, but, but, yeah, Jason Pierre-Paul was just on another level during one-on-ones. Um, he he whipped Donovan Smith, knocked him to the ground. I mean, and and was oh. saying some, saying some choice words. Uh, he he got the the defensive guys fired up. Matter of fact, um, shoot, my notes are over there. I want to say after he beat Donovan Smith. Uh, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Seven wins in a row for the defense after Jason Pierre-Paul got everybody lit by beating Donovan Smith. Wow. Yeah. And, I mean, he was, like, animated. He was talking trash to the offense, firing at the defense. Mm-hmm. It was it was a fun one-on-ones to watch. Really curious, though, because Joe Tryon only had one rep. It was kind of crazy. Like, John, you mentioned that yeah. the other day. I was not at practice. But, but yeah, it's like uh, that was just kind of nuts. That, it was, that He had one rep again. He had one rep, which was the last rep, and he won it. I think it was against Brad Seed. Now, well, was he over there doing uh, pass drops? Because Anthony Nelson was on seven v seven doing pass drops for a while. Yes, I, I think so. And, mm-hmm. and, uh, and Shaq Barrett also had one rep. So I think the outside linebackers. I think I think Bulls had a lot of those guys over there um, doing that today because it was mostly interior stuff. Now Jason Pierre-Paul, he did do a couple of of edge rush um, reps against some of the, of the tackles, but then. He spent most of his time rushing on the inside, and and I'll tell you, uh, Alex Kappa had two incredible back-to-back reps. His only two reps of the day were against Dominican Sue mm. and Raheem Nunez Rochez. Kappa I mean, is Kappa is having a camp, man. Two <laughs> years ago, listen, two years ago, Kappa would have gotten schooled. He would have gotten yeah. his ass kicked, but but he has come so far so fast, and he stonewalled both those guys easily. Just I mean, them. The, for the practice the other day, the last time they did one-on-ones, yeah. I was at that practice and I watched the session and he, I mean, he clamped up in Dominican Sue and I mean, I don't even think he took a step backward. Like, yeah. It was incredible. I mean, he, two reps, he just completely, it was it. And that was his yeah. only reps. And he was just like, hey, we're like all right, you're done. Like, right. he's just gotten so much better, so much stronger, so much technical, so much more technically sound. Yeah. I think he's going to get paid in free agency. I really do. He's, I, I he's did, trending I did up. Listen, he, again, he was the only player the only offensive lineman um, who was a regular starter mm-hmm. to, to not give up a sack. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's like considered the fifth best guy on the line. Yeah, he's considered the, the weak link of the yeah. offensive line. But I mean, he, he certainly has gotten way better at pass protection. And, you know, he kind of should be right because he was a left tackle in college. It's kind of a finesse position, but to his credit last year, he really revamped his body, turned into a guard. He looks like a guard. Now he looked like a, like a, a gangly tackle a couple of years, you know, the first couple of years in the league, but he really worked on his, his trunk, his torso. And, and he really has got a, a good, strong base now. Now, Khalil Davis also won his back-to-back reps. Um, Aaron Stanley. Wait, real today. quick before you do yeah. Davis, cause I want to hear, but I have a couple of questions about the defense Let's do it. too, yep. but Ben wants to know maybe the threat of Stanley has made Kappa take his game to another level. I get the thought Ben, but I think Stan, I know Stanley pretty, or thought, Kappa pretty well. And thought and application are two different things, right? Kappa <laughs> does not need extra motivation. This Correct. guy is, I mean, he is all football all the time. Yeah, he like, is. 
So, yeah, I, but I get what you're saying, Ben. He's sure. got a bouncer mentality. Yeah. Um, uh, Elliot wants to know, still think Kappa will be back next year. Yeah. I think it's going to be hard. We got a long way to go before we get in the, in the weeds on those conversations, Elliot. It just, the reality is that you paid a lot of people that you had right. to have back this year. And eventually you've got money in Marpet. Money yeah. in Jensen. It's we'll see beyond this year thing. what happens. Money it's in a Smith. Thing. John, yeah, I, think, gonna... I think the only way that Kappa has a chance of returning from a, just a financial standpoint, they want mm-hmm. him back. It's not like they don't like him. They, they, oh, yeah. they love oh, the yeah. guy. He's a homegrown right. Buccaneer, third-round pick. But for that to happen, they've got to punt on Ryan Jensen and then mm-hmm. feel comfortable to insert Robert Hainsey as the starter yeah. um, at center. And, mm-hmm. you know, and while you still have Tom Brady under center, that's a risk. That's a real yeah. big risk. Unless somehow, some way, Jensen gets hurt this year. Hainsey plays a lot down in, down out, get and gets you know the ex, the experience yep. during his rookie season on Sundays. I just don't know that, that Jason Light and Bruce Arians are going to feel comfortable placing Paying another guard. Yeah, yeah. Well, and not just that, but but yeah, but you know, essentially passing on re-signing Ryan Jensen in favor of Alex Kappa, given right. how critical the center is with Brady. Plus, at some point during that cap of contract, you're going to be paying Tristan Wirfs a big extension, probably That's too. Right. So it's just you've got a lot to think about. You just you have to be able to replace certain positions. I think you yeah. have to be able to replace strong safety. You have to be able to replace linebackers in some yeah. defenses. You have to be able to replace defensive tackles, nose tackles, right. especially guard centers, like you know number two, number three wideouts, even at times. You know, depending yeah. on the offense, uh, running now, backs I, for sure. I will tell you, listen, J.C. Allen wrote a really good story about Nick Leverett and he's been a player that's really been kind of like how was he in one-on-ones dominance uh yeah. he was he won all of his reps great and, in 11v11s too great yeah and, and left and right tackle that's right he plays left tackle but but he can also play guard he played guard last year and um and then has has worked at left and right tackle this year he got all his reps at left tackle today and was was dominant um uh, I think that he's going to make the roster as the backup tackle along with Josh Wells, I think he's going to end up beating out Brad Seaton. We'll see in the preseason. But Nick Leverett's got that positional flexibility. And if, if you look at, at his size, too, with, with Leverett, he's 6'4", 310. That's, that's not a typical – he doesn't look like a tackle. He looks like a guard. Yeah. And if, you, if you remember um, – uh, gosh, I'm trying to think of, of – I'd say he looks a, maybe a little bit like, like Donald Penn um, – uh, there's there's another left tackle whose name is escaping me. I'm showing my 49 year old age he, now. He does kind of look um, like Donald Penn. He's just very. I I think his frame is so much better than last yeah. year. I, he just looks like a. He I mean the way he's played in 11 v 11, Scott. I mean Shaq Barrett. He has stood up multiple times 11 v 11s. He won a one on one against him the other day. I think he faced him again today. You said and he's just had a great camp. I think he looks like he can play multiple positions. He was at left right tackle for the first team session today. Left yeah. tackle later in team sessions. Moving around in the same practice is not easy at all. Right. He was great in both spots. I, the way they have developed offensive line depth, man. If Josh Wells and 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 Aaron Stinney, the what he did in the playoffs last year, and Wells when he's had to step in, Wells had a great camp too, and Leverett, and hopefully Hainsey, and obviously they've developed Kappa. You know, they've developed another right. small school guy in Marpet. Um, Jensen's gotten better since he's been here. Obviously, Worfs. It's probably one of the unsung heroes of. Yeah, Jason Lights. I mean, even a guy like Donovan Smith. Yes, it was as polarizing as it gets, Scott. When right. he was early on in Tampa Bay, and now yeah. you know he's just a rock right. solid dude. Anthony Davis. That's the name I was searching for. Former the, the Lakers center tackle. No, no, not not that good of a guy. 
former Bucks left tackle Anthony Davis. Um, he ended up replacing Derek Deese as the starter in 2004. I think Davis ended up playing. I think he was a starter for two or three years in Tampa. Um, let's see, 2003 through 2008. So, yeah, he was the left tackle kind of before Donald Penn was. Um, you know, just a kind of a serviceable guy. Not not great, but good enough. That's mm-hmm. kind of of the body type that Nick Leverett reminds me of. And, and Davis, 6'4", 322. Leverett looks bigger than 310. I, I'd, I'd say he looks like he's 320 to me. But right. he's been a guy to really keep an eye on. Um, number 60 in, in these preseason games. I, yeah. I think he's going to end up making the team. He looked really good on one-on-ones. And, and he's competing with Brad Seaton. Vortex wants to know if Seaton's done anything of note. Obviously, Seaton was a buck yeah. and then opted out last year. And yeah. So just what have you seen from Seaton? Not much. Um, he he got beat handily with his his uh, one-on-ones today. So no, I, He's been I, okay I, in the team sessions, but whatever, it's definitely yeah. been better. Did, uh, it, listen, it sounds stupid, but I mean, the best thing about Brad Seaton is the fact that he's six nine three thirty. Yeah, and he's just true. big. He's big and long. Hard to get around a guy that big, right? But aside from that, he just doesn't have the ability to bend, the quickness, mm-hmm. the the. I think the coordination to be a really smooth pass protector. Yeah. It's very. It, it looks like there's there's a sense of urgency in a bad way with bat with Brad Seaton. In other words, he's it's almost like a panicked thing where it's like, you know, ah, I'm gonna get beat on on the, the edge or something. Or I'm going to be get beat with an inside spin or something. So, Kilo Davis, boy, he really has got an inside spin. He looked really good in his one on ones. He won both of those today. Um, the arrows pointing up for him. I mean, we've yeah. gotten some winks and nods from some of the sources in the building yeah. that Kilo Davis is for real, and um, um, he's going to be fun to watch in the preseason too. I can't wait for that. He is probably one of the players I've got circled the most because they really need Khalil Davis. Like, I mean, not maybe this year, but in the future, yes. Like, yeah. Again, another position where contract years all over the place. That's right. Age all over the place. You know, it's great this year. It's fine because they got a bunch of guys who are Ironmen, but eventually time, you know, Sue and McClendon are going to retire and Golson's going to retire and they need other people. All those yeah. guys are in contract years too. And right now there's nobody in the system other than Khalil Davis that makes you think long-term could be uh, an option. Yeah. Ledbetter's had a good camp, but again, yes. we're getting up there with Ledbetter. He's been around a while, and the ceiling for him is probably a rotational guy at best. Right. Um, he's changed his body, works hard, he's made some plays, you know. but it, there's a ceiling there and for we, sure. We were talking about, about Raheem Nunez-Rochez, and he's one of those guys that, that this team likes. They mm-hmm. signed him to a two-year deal, did the same thing with Ross Cockrell. He's yep. a he's a, a steady Eddie. He's a role player for this team, but you know, I mean, if if he gets a sack, I mean, it's it's a lucky day for Ricky Nunez Rochez. He is just a run stopper, and mm-hmm. I think with Khalil Davis, you get some suddenness, you get some explosiveness off the line. Uh, he's a very athletic guy, just a little undersized, um, yep. but but um, he he brings something different to the table than these other Bucks defensive linemen do. Yeah, for sure. It's uh, I. Think he's a different type, but his body's in a position now where I think he's able to contribute against the run too. Yeah. Where it felt like pre-draft, he was kind of like, "How lanky can I be and still run right. fast to impress people?" Because I'm a really fast D tackle. Yeah. Uh, maybe that was the right strategy, but I think now he's had to. Okay, the NFL and playing inside doesn't really matter what my forty time is. Like I got to be able right. to whip guys' tails in the trenches. And so, yeah, I think that that's good to see that he's made strides. Preseason will be a great indicator. Bucks time twelve. 
wants to know is there like there, it feels like there's a breeze coming through on your end over there um there's lightning and thunder oh lightning uh, is that yeah. thunder oh man yeah, that it, hasn't hit it's, me yet. yeah it's I'm that's loud a massive storm right here right now so <laughs> if for some reason i disappear it's not because i don't like you john or everybody out there in pewter nation I, I love you guys that's right it's just that it would be a, like an electrical issue. Yeah, for sure. Bucks time, Bucks time 12 wants to know, try on six to eight sacks. Um, that's possible, I'd say. Uh, six yeah. would be, I don't know. I think, we'll I think six, yeah. Six, six might would be, be great. Six would be fantastic. I actually yeah. answered a similar question. Great question in today's Bucks um, Money Mailbag uh, about that. It was, the question was, you know, what if – Joe Tryon actually outperforms Jason Pierre-Paul or Shaq Barrett by midseason, you know, and uh, and, and I, th I think what that means is, is like, what yeah. if Shaq has four sacks and, you know, and Tryon has seven, right? I mean, does he replace him as a starter? I, I don't know. I mean, if that's yeah. the case, then Tryon's working really, really well in that that DPR role, that designated pass rusher role. So maybe you don't want to rock the apple cart and just keep doing what, what he's doing. I remember Mark Anderson out of, out of Alabama during his rookie season with the Bears many, many moons ago. It was like well over a decade ago. Mm -hmm. He had 12 sacks yeah. um, as a designated pass rusher because that's all he did was 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 that. And then the Bears made him a full-time defensive end the next year. And guess what, John? Mm -hmm. He wasn't nearly as effective yeah. because he was effective being the fresh guy Coming off off the you know the bench, and just rushing on third downs, and by the time you got to the third and the, the fourth quarters, those tackles you know were were dragging, and you know Anderson's a guy that had played you know six or eight snaps in the first half. He was still fresh. That's how he was able to get mm -hmm. those sacks. So, uh, I think Tryon's time as a starter is coming, but yeah. let's not rush things. I think right. he's I think six sacks like you said, John, would be perfect. Well, if he if he impresses this year, then the team doesn't have to get in any type of bidding war for um, for Jason Pierre-Paul in the offseason. We'll see right. what Pierre-Paul wants to keep doing. He absolutely loves Tampa Bay. I don't know yes. whether he's going to want to leave. The team could go year to year with him and feel like they yeah. have leverage with Tryon. Yeah. John, we have a question here uh, since you seem to know about this Pittsburgh Steelers team. I have no idea the answer to this question, though. Long Lost okay. Glazer wants to know, how is Carl Khalil Davis's twin Carlos doing in Pittsburgh? I don't know. I don't have any clue. I've I've been so ingrained in everything going on with the box. I know the general stuff happening in Pittsburgh, but I don't know like the specifics, like how Carlos is doing. Plus, Pittsburgh's they've had more practice closed to I don't trust hardly any Pittsburgh media, by the way. Don't tell them I said that. But they've had <laughs> the one guy I do trust is like Alex Kazora and, and Chris Carter, and those guys yeah. haven't necessarily been there all the time and seen that, especially Alex. Um, so because there's been so few, he's not credentialed, there's so few practice is open so there's not a lot of people i'd even trust to tell me how things are going with a lot right. of those guys so we'll see i didn't notice carlos much uh, in the first preseason game we'll see how he ends up developing it looks like right now though the bucks may have got the better davis yeah we'll see how it all shakes mm -hmm. out uh pat riley wants to know if bruce aarons looks healthy is he fit and ready for the stress of another year john i think I he put, looks fine <laughs> yeah it looks fine yeah, i put this up there because oh. you know he he um you know, he rides around in his cart for the first half of practice. Right? <laughs> I was gonna say. And um and which is great because you know it, it keeps him out of the sun. This is a guy that's had skin cancer. Mm -hmm. Um it keeps him like off his off his feet. He's mm -hmm. getting up there in age. But the real curious thing is is Tom Moore, who's in his eighties, right? Who's got who's got uh Bruce beat by a decade in terms of age, 
not only does Tom Moore stand and walk around practice, but we saw Bruce Arians today drive right past Tom Moore and not even offer him a ride to the other end of the field. So right. <laughs> we were cracking up because Tom Moore just kind of puttering around and just yeah. walk across, you know, and do it as but Tom Moore's the goat, and that's why he doesn't. That's right. He probably told him, Hey, anytime you want to ride, let me know. And yeah. Tom Moore's like, yeah, I'm walking. Screw you, man. I'm walking. <laughs> that's right. you know, that's exactly. Right. Uh, so, yeah, today, I mean, I didn't think, again, it was, uh, oh, Broken Ear Bruce wants to know, do we think yeah. Benning, Potawai, makes this roster? No, not the roster. Practice squad? Yeah, I think he's in the Maybe. practice squad. But, again, Khalil Davis really stepping up. And remember, the reason why why Benning, Potawai, was was on the the team at the end of the season was because of that roster spot that was open with Vita Veya's injury, right? So he got some playing time in some games. So did Khalil Davis. I think Potawai, he is, is a developmental player. He flashes. I think there's something there, but he's going to take some more. Um, I, I think he, he needs a little bit to, to gain a little bit more weight. I think that mm. Jeremiah Ledbetter has had a better camp than Benny Potawai he has, has had so far um, in that Ledbetter's a bigger guy, and I think he holds up better against the run, and, uh, and I think he's got more push as a pass rusher too with his yeah. bull rush. The Bucks have like a ton of high floor defensive linemen. Like rarely are you yeah. going to get to see any of the guys on their roster D line other than maybe Sam Renner get yeah. bodied. Like you right. just they just don't get bodied up and driven around very often. Like they there's a very high floor. They can at least hold their own physically. The, yeah. the question then is what's the ceiling? Is there rush ability? Right. Is there tackle for loss ability? Is there penetration? Is there any of that kind of stuff behind the line of scrimmage? The real impact stuff, you know. Um yeah. That's where I don't know. But the, to, to do the bare minimum, I think they've got a bunch of guys that can do that. Uh, do. The question yeah. becomes, who do you want to develop long-term that can give you some splash and some sizzle? So, yes, yeah. cannot wait for Saturday. But yes. I agree with you, Matthew Sams, on that front. But also, you know what, Scott? I can't wait to let people know about Manscaped, too, because I, know. I think they are really changing the game. I really do. I know we have fun with this ad read and we laugh, and I never want people to misunderstand the fact that I – Believe in Manscaped. You That's believe right. in Manscaped. You can get 20% off That's Manscaped right. plus free shipping with the promo code Pewter, P-E-W. Guys, you got to know about the Performance Package 4.0. This thing is unbelievable, and it's joining. you can join the 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped and get ready for a hot guy summer by going to manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping with that promo code Pewter. In this performance package 4.0, you will get the lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, a game changer. That's not the thunder you hear behind Scott. That's right. That's the Manscaped 4.0 trimmer, the With weed whacker. Light, you can see right That's here. right. You got the light. You got the travel lock on that thing. It's waterproof. It's a game changer. No nicks, no nothing like that. Keeps you safe and well taken care of. You also have the uh, the weed whacker ear and hair and nose hair trimmer game changer that uh that uh, manscaped has presented in this package the crop preserver ball deodorant the crop reviver toner the performance boxer briefs and a travel bag to hold all of your goodies i'm telling you manscaped.com has thought of everything you can go there 20 percent off look at that travel bag yep. they've got everything for real uh and you can get 20 percent off guys look just being straight up with you this is something you got to take care of it's it 2021 Get, get on board with Manscaped and the Game Changer. Go get yourself one. Tell somebody, hey, I want this as a gift. There's a way to get it 20% off. Get it as a gift for somebody else. Yeah. Telling you. That's what I did at the wedding. I was just, I got it for my boy. That's right. And I'm sure it's been a game changer for him as well. And so that's, uh, that's what you got to do. Go to manscaped.com. 
get yourself John? and get your people uh, situated. You can also get something else too. You can also get this badass <gasps> PeterReport.com t-shirt right here. Right? People so, are always asking about this. Scott. Yeah, How do we get these Peter Report t-shirts? We, we got some back in stock. So all you have to do is email me your proof of purchase from Manscaped when you use that promo code Pewter. The great thing is it has your, your address on, which I need to send you the shirt. Uh, it also does not have your financial information, which I don't need at all. That's your business, not mine. But email me at sr at pewterreport.com, sr at pewterreport.com, easy to remember. Mm. And I'll send you the shirt free, free shipping and everything. So it costs you nothing. All you have to do is support our sponsor, Manscaped, and I'll send you this awesome pewterreport.com T-shirt. Now, the cool thing is, is we got these in white, we have them in black, we got them in gray. And mm. so all I need to know is what color you want and what size you are. So make sure you send that an email, and we'll send one of these off to you right before the start of the season. Emily says, I hope BA never does a Manscaped promo. <laughs> <laughs> I thought about doing the Manscaped read when we had him on the pod. I actually texted Jake Aarons, and I was like, hey, when your dad's on the pod, get to have him do the Manscaped promo. Yeah. should read and see what he thinks. But that's funny, Emily. I agree with you on that one. Uh, Dar wants to know, is the Bucks' greatest strength that they could lose top two in every position besides linebacker and quarterback and probably – be okay. That's a. I think I mean, they probably, well, I tackle. Know, tackle. I don't, know, I don't know that they're they're that deep. Yeah, I think tackle is probably the the weakest position. But I've been encouraged by what I've seen from Nick Leverett. It's just that you don't want Josh Wells or Nick Leverett playing, right? You want to have Donovan Smith and Tristan Wirfs because there is a significant drop off there. It's not like the Buccaneers can't get by for a game or two. They did that, yeah. John. They did. They had the, a Josh Wells start in that game up in Atlanta. Right. They were down 17 points, but they came back. But in, in my opinion, though, um, I, I think they can lose a, a couple of people, but um, it's deep. It's the deepest that I've ever covered um, yeah. in, in Tampa. But uh, attrition at certain positions, if it happens, tackles one of them, quarterbacks another one, it, it can be a game changer. So as deep as they are, this is not a foolproof roster by any means right. in Tampa Bay this year. Right, never is in, in the NFL. It's just the reality of, is that you go up against teams when you get to the playoffs that are going to have everybody, and if you're not ready, then it makes yeah. a big difference, as the Chiefs showed us last year in the Super Bowl for sure. So yeah. Uh, definitely, yeah, agreed. Bucks time 12. You do not want to push your luck too much with that kind of stuff. So last thing I want to touch on, Scott, before we wrap this thing up, because it I don't know what to do with this. Bruce Arians is sounding like, First of all, the starters are going to play in this weekend in Saturday's right. practice. Yep. Everybody's going to play. Tom Brady's going to play. We'll see for the Titans preseason game. He said it depends on how they practice against the Titans yep. during the week. Okay. Um, then the third preseason game, everybody's going to play a lot. No. That's Hold not gonna on. Happen. Yeah. I am help me, Scott. Like the third preseason game, I think, is going to be like the fourth preseason game. Where that's what I thought. And yeah. but he said today, I'm going to find the quote. I mean, because I was so – I mean, Bruce will say things sometimes without really, like, thinking through the whole thing. Yeah. But that, he said – <laughs> Yeah. I mean, he's – that's happened. That's he said oh, – well, here it is. Uh, blah, 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 blah. Um, he said he will treat the first this preseason game like a normal first preseason game. when they right. everybody, everybody will play. Yep. Don't know how much, but everybody will play. The okay. Titans week – we're going against them for two practices. That yeah. will determine how that is as far as who plays in that one. And the last one, we'll play a bunch. I think we'll play a bunch of 
backups and scrubs. I think that's what he's saying. But the, the question yeah. is about the starters. I know. I just I don't I don't see that. Um, I I don't see that I happening either. You know, I mean, I, I think this third preseason game against the Texans is going to be like the fourth preseason game where you're going to see Ryan Griffin start. You're going to see Kyle Trask a bunch. You're going to see Tremaine Pope if he's still on the team. That's what CJ Prosize. I, I think it's it's going to be the backup bowl for that third one. It's interesting. I would play Brady as little as humanly possible. Yeah, that's my and same with Mike Evans and Chris. Like, right. Come on. You, yeah. you just had no preseason games and went out and I right. mean I know they took a while to get hit their stride but yeah they're having a full camp and they played together now before and they still were pretty good even to start the season right. they were yeah. still putting up points yeah I just I just don't I would just I hate preseason games because I when dudes get injured in preseason it just infuriates me like oh yeah I remember I Devin would just, Joseph I would play, yeah Devin Joseph was a Pro Bowl guard for the Buccaneers and uh, that preseason injury just wrecked his career and he wasn't the yeah. same afterwards. Michael right. Henderson uh, asked, will there be a pregame Saturday podcast? There will not be a pregame Saturday podcast. There will be a postgame Saturday podcast. Mm-hmm. But, John. But, yes, Scott. We might start teasing some uh, of our podcast. Tease plans. it. That's right. Okay. If you're interested in some pregame shows, Michael Henderson, you may want to be ready for the start of the regular season because Peter yes. Report has some very fun things lined up for game days this year, stuff we've never done before. Right. Stuff I think fans are going to be very interested in, very, very excited about. So, excited about. yeah, right we'll here keep visually on our visually. Not, not just our YouTube channel, but yes. we're actually going to have this embedded on PeterReport.com. So you can just yeah. stay tuned to PeterReport.com and watch us very much like you did during our wall to wall draft coverage, John. Mm-hmm. Yep. We might yep. be having some wall to wall Bucks yes. game day coverage pre game, yes. during the game, and post game as well. Yeah, it's going to be a ton of fun. The stuff we have lined up and prepped for you all for the regular season that we are still putting together and still figuring out ourselves, but we are getting closer and closer to being able to give you some more concrete details. Yep. So and we're excited about right that. there, guys. Subscribe to our Peter Report TV yeah. uh, YouTube channel. Hit the like button for our videos. Greatly appreciate that. Thank mm-hmm. you, guys. We're getting close to 5,000 um, subscribers now on our channel, right. which is great because we, we've really only been doing this for less than a full year now. And we've seen our channel grow. So help us if you're if you're listening now, whether it's on uh, a streaming platform like mm-hmm. Facebook or, or uh, Twitter, make sure that you go to our YouTube channel, Peter Report TV, and click the subscribe button. We yep, appreciate absolutely. it. Absolutely. Yep. And uh, post-game podcast time, Bucks time 12 wants to know. So here's the podcast schedule the rest of the week. We'll be live 4 p.m. tomorrow, Wednesday and Thursday. Friday, no podcast. Saturday, we will be that this is the day of the game. Obviously, yeah. the game will be what is it, seven or seven thirty at night? I can't seven thirty. Seven thirty. So after the game, we will have coaches availability, and we will be working on our post game content. When the coach talks, play, when Aaron's talks, and then players talk. After those conversations kind of end, and the players yeah. and the when interview part live. of the done is done, then we'll be live at that point in time, and we will be kind right. of making sure that we're communicating to you guys those times on social media and things like that. So if you fall there, so there isn't a specific set time, but again, if you're subscribed to us on YouTube, you'll get notifications when we go live. So hit that bell to get the notifications. That way you won't ever miss it when we go live. Cause in season, if we do the post game pods, there's no set time. They're usually about 45 45 minutes or so. Yeah. Yeah. After the game ends, we usually go live. Uh, Once we've gotten our content, some of our content up and we've gotten the interviews part of part of everything done. 45 minutes to an hour after the game, we're usually live. So look for us then at that point in time. And yes, Bucks time 12, we did go about eight hours on draft on the third day of the draft. 
and 20,000 people tuned in and it was awesome. So that's right. We'll do it again next year, this year, next year. But until then you got us on the Peter report podcast and we'll be back tomorrow at 4 PM Eastern with more great bucks content from bucks practice tomorrow morning uh, on the Peter report podcast. So as always, thank you all for listening so much to another edition of the Peter report podcast out out.